0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: Babylon 5 ended a great war and united a hundred alien races in peace. Danger didn't die. It just went underground with new heroes and new evils to carry the torch. We need to make sure they all understand we will not be intimidated. What is wrong with you people? We have to protect him against himself. It's an entire new season of Babylon 5 with all new episodes.
2: And so begin. There is a hole in your mind. What do you want? No one here. It's exactly what he appears. Nothing's the same anymore. Anyway. Commander Sinclair is being reassigned. Why
3: don't you eliminate the entire non-homo?
1: I, I was a man.
2: great head reaching
1: out of the stock You are. President Clark has signed a decree today, declaring These orders law. have forced us to declare independence. Buts, That's why people get off their encounter suited butts and do something. You are the one who we'll will die. Why are you here? Do you have anything worth living for? Think of my beautiful city Friends. Giants in the playground. Oh, get the hell out of our galaxy! We are here to place President Clark under arrest. Turn around. Very,
3: very slowly. Hello, Mr. Garibaldi. Good to see you again. I was wondering how you were doing. You haven't written, Call... Shut up. Man. Obviously, haven't improved your manners.
2: Hello, and welcome to The Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic, Babylon 5. This week, Season 5, Episode 15, Darkness Ascending. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And And we are The the Epsilon Epsilon 3. 3. And the synopsis. Lanier risks his life to uncover the proof needed to implicate the Centauri in the attacks on the shipping lanes. And Lise arrives on the station and confronts Garibaldi about his relapse. Written by JMS and directed by Janet Greek, this episode was released on June the 3rd, 1998, and takes place from July the 13th to July the 15th, 2262. And the guest stars Denise Gentile as Lees Hampton Edgars, Tom McGreevy as Minister, I can't believe this name, Ace Mask as Maitre D. Edmund L. Schaff as businessman and Richard Yeneg. Oh, blimey. Niguez. Yeah. joined to your uh, hip. That's no, not, not even right, anyway. Uh, as Captain Montoya. I don't remember his name being that bad last time I read it out. But anyway, uncredited are Bill Blair as alien and Haley McLean as the computer, computer voice. So, guys, what did we think of this episode?
3: You know, as as we get further and deeper in into uh, season five here, I know I've seen it, but I don't remember any of this stuff. Like <laughs> seasons one, two, three, and four, I remember it so well, but season five, it's it's totally slipped my mind, I, and I don't know why. I don't. It's uh, it's kind of like discovering it all over again, so it's kind of cool. Is is it a great episode? It's it's pretty decent. I, I enjoyed it. Glad I watched it. Uh, I'm curious just to know what you guys think.
4: Dan, over to you. Um yeah, well we've had two really bad episodes uh previously. And now we we're gonna record this episode and of course, yes, as our listeners know, we watch two in a row. I really like this as like a first part of a two parter. uh, I've said it before previously when we've gone through the last two and a bit years of this podcast that some of these really do work as a two parter. Like this sets up everything for the Centauri and the kind of uh, political back shenanigans that are going on with all of that. Um, And then we've got the kind of uh, drunk story, drunk again, Uncle Mike and everything like that. That's all back in as well. yeah that it just it feels like we're back to babylon 5 again i feel like we just had a little pause at the beginning of season five and then We've come back and there's lots of little stories all compiling together. So I really enjoyed this one and what will eventually be the fallout next time as well. Um, I kind of feel like the synopsis that that you read out as well doesn't really do it justice. There were really good scenes in here that aren't covered by that synopsis. If you were, Mm -hmm. you know, judging it by like DVD rewatch, you don't want to watch the whole thing. You just want to dip into an episode. I think that synopsis doesn't really do it justice. So better than expected, I think, is the way I'd come at this episode. Wow, better than expected. Yeah.
3: yeah I, I'm kind of wondering why uh, Tracy Scoggins as Elizabeth Lockley
2: is even in the credits. Yes, that's true. True. It's been in for a while. No. Well, there's probably a reason for that. But hope, uh, hope, hopefully there's a good reason for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I like this episode and I like the next one as well. I thought, thank goodness we're getting... Even if they're just like average episodes, I'd, I'd take that. You know, it, it, you, you need these you know, average episode episodes so that the good ones are really good. And obviously the mm. bad ones, unfortunately are, are going to be bad. And these are good. These are competent. They have a story, they tell it. And, um, you know, there are some really good scenes in it. And I think it, it is a comp, they're both competent episodes. Um, trying to remember, because as, as we said just before, we, me and Dan have watched this, uh, Two weeks ago, unfortunately, and uh, Sean wasn't ready for us, so uh, we have had to wait for Sean to catch up, and now me and Dan have totally forgotten what we were going to say about it, <laughs> and Sean's <laughs> is fresh in his mind.
3: Well, I watched it last night, not two weeks ago.
2: Yeah. <laughs> two weeks! <laughs> two weeks! Two weeks! Anyway, let's give our uh, listeners a review and uh, remind ourselves about what happened. So Garibaldi is walking through a destroyed Babylon 5 when he, see- he sees Sheridan dead and Stephen dying. He then spots himself with a huge gun. As he steps back, he puts his hand he puts his hand on the console which starts to melt into his hand. This then covers him totally. Then he wakes up. He finds Lita at the end of his bed, with her eyes bright white. She says she has decided to stop hiding what the Vorlands have done to her, and she was just testing herself to see what she can do. She tells Garibaldi that this was all a dream, and it never happened. Then, he wakes up again. The door to his quarters opens and in walks Lise Hampton. That's rude, walking into a room like that unannounced.
3: Well, she's a girlfriend.
2: Yeah, yeah she's got a, key. Yeah. It's got a key. This is true, as we find out. <laughs> Garibaldi is surprised to see Lise asking how she got in here. Apparently, he gave her a copy of his door pass when they were on Mars, just before he disappeared back to Babylon 5. She's popped in to see how he is. She asks... She asks if he is feeling okay, to which she says yes, even though he looks like hell. Meanwhile, Dylan gets a message from Linnea. There have been three more attacks on trade ships in the area he is patrolling. They are random, they are random and impossible to predict. Twenty hours before each attack, they've intercepted coded Centauri signals. As Linnea tells Dylan about his latest... Re- this latest revelation, Sheridan is outside the door and overhears the conversation. Meanwhile, Lita is trying to convince the CEO of a company to have up to 200 telepaths on one of his ships, searching for a new place to live. He is not unsympathetic, but it is beyond the capabilities of his company. When he refuses, she schedules a visit with Ambassador Ambassador Jacquard. Malari and Veer are meeting in the Zocalo. Veer ha- has had a request from the Royal Court, requesting reports for information on the trade deals on the Alliance Worlds, before the end of the day, if possible. Malari says they have not shown any interest in this before, but Veer says he is just the messenger. Surprisingly, there are no further items on the agenda. Everyone seems to be cancelling all the appointments with Malari. It looks as though they're all backing away from the Centauri, as if they don't trust them. Lisa's just had a shower, and she's used up all the hot water in Garibaldi's quarters. She makes him some tea, but when she looks at the the cupboard, she finds half a bottle of scotch. When Garibaldi comes out of the shower, she is sat at his table with with, with the scotch and says she wants to talk about this. He says previously, when he was drinking, he was out of control, but this time he has it under control, as he is not the same person that he was back then. She says she's sorry about Garibaldi, doesn't and doesn't want to study him she says she's sorry but Garibaldi doesn't want to be controlled anymore he thinks he is still in control and he pours the booze down the sink meanwhile on the white star Lanier has been thinking about the code it, code signals
5: captain i've been thinking about the coded signals we've been intercepting from the centauri so far i've only been able to decode three words do not reply Probably means they have a ship out there somewhere and they don't want anyone tracking the frequency to figure out where they're going. That's what I was thinking at first. What if the signal was going from a Centauri ship to a base of some kind? Good point. A stationary base would be vulnerable. So you wouldn't want it to reply and give away its location. Even if you were right, what good does it do you? If they don't reply, you can't track the signal, you can't find the base. That's what I was working on when you came in. Communication in hyperspace is very difficult. It requires a great amount of power. To aid transmission, a large base will keep a tachy and subchannel or carrier wave going through the jump beacons at all times. It's too faint to pick up normally, but if you catch it at the exact moment that the larger signal comes through, then theoretically you could lock onto the signal and track it back to its source. Just then they get a message that they have been recalled back to Babylon 5, and the
2: order has come from the President. Delenn is angry and asks why Sheridan has recalled the ship. Delenn is angry and asks why Sheridan has recalled the ship. He says it is because he, w- he has found out that it has been operating on the borders of Centauri space without his knowledge. Delenn says as head of the rangers, she had the authority to send Lanier into that area of space.
1: Why did you recall White Star 27? Because I found out it was operating on the border of Centauri space without my knowledge. As head of the rangers, I have discretionary power over their assignments. I place them there as part of their training maneuvers. And you assign Lanier to the crew on a covert mission to spy on them.
2: Sheridan says it is inappropriate for her to order that.
1: Now, oh, it is absolutely inappropriate of you to pull a stunt like that without telling me. I cannot have you making...
5: You are right.
1: I... Oh, damn it, Delenn. I have been working up a good mad all day, and I am not about to let you undercut it by agreeing with me. It was inappropriate for me to assign Lanier to that part of space without informing you, just as it was inappropriate for you not to assign him there.
2: Sheridan will not admit his mistake.
1: I admitted mine with perfect honesty. Now you can admit yours.
2: Absolutely not.
1: For starters, it's unnecessary. We have plenty of patrols there already. Lanier knows more about the Centauri than any other ranger. He will catch things that the others would miss. Further, he will not stop, will not slow down, will not give up until he has proof that the Centauri are behind these attacks. He's the perfect candidate. Oh, you're just saying that because he is your friend.
2: Dylan agrees that Lanier is a friend.
1: You're right. He's my friend. It's also true. And that is why you did not assign him to that area, isn't it? I called you in here to confront you about using the rangers to gather covert information without telling me. So why am I all of a sudden having to defend myself? I did not tell you, so you would have deniability in case things went badly. And you're being defensive because I'm right. You did not send him because he's my friend.
2: In the last year, they have both lost people they cared about.
1: Listen, in the last year or so, we have both lost people that we cared about. You in particular. I mean, Marcus, Neroon, others.
2: I just wanted to protect you, that's all. Just then, a message comes through from Captain Montoya. Lanier has gone missing. He has turned
5: off scanners and could be anywhere. Ship. Continue recording a personal journal. I continue to track the path of the tachyon signal that will, I hope, lead to a hidden Centauri base. I've discovered that the distance from that location to any rendezvous point is longer than my supply of oxygen, unless extreme measures are taken. I'm thus entering a meditative state which will allow me to conserve air and energy. I program the ship to continue on autopilot and monitor our situation. It will alert me if anything attempts to intercept us. This will be my last recording for a while. Recording off. Confirmed. I only hope I'm right.
2: He's trying to find the location of this entirely hidden base. This will be his last recording for a while. Meanwhile, Chikar has a visit from Lita. She reminds him of a proposition he made a long time ago.
0: Uh, as I recall, you made me a proposition. If I gave you access to my DNA to help your people develop telepaths, you would see to it that I was... Oh, how did you put it? Um, that I would be compensated quite handsomely.
2: Yes, it was to be either a cloning of your genetic material or a...
5: a direct meeting. Pity. We never did find out what
2: your pleasure threshold is. But that was long ago. What can I do for you now, Lita?
0: Um. Oh, I don't know how long that offer was good for, but I just wanted to tell you that I accept your proposition. Which part? The part where I give you access to my genetic material assuming you're still interested. In return for certain considerations.
2: She accepts the proposition, but she is only allowing Jakar to take some of her DNA. She wants lots of money and starships, and it has to be done in secrecy.
0: You'll get not only my DNA sequence. You'll get the DNA from as many telepaths as you want. Until you find the sequence that combines well enough with your DNA to let your people start breeding telepaths.
5: And what are these
2: considerations?
0: Number one, money. A lot of it. Deposited into a private account on Mars. Number two, at least five deep-range starships. They don't have to be top of the line, just enough to carry a couple hundred people. Three, we do this in absolute secrecy.
2: There I may have a problem. As members of Sheridan's new alliance, we have certain obligations.
0: I've been told that each world's internal affairs are considered private. This is about as internal an affair as I can think of. Think it over, Shakar. When you're ready to talk, you know where to find me.
2: She leaves Shakar Shaka with the information that she doesn't have a pleasure threshold.
3: Dun, dun, dun. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Garibaldi and Lise have booked a table in the restaurant. He feels like the last man standing as everybody is leaving him, first Sinclair, then Ivanova, and now Franklin. Lise says it would be good to have him back on Mars and asks how Sheridan reacted when Michael told him the news. But he hasn't told him, as he was waiting for the right time. The maitre d' appears and asks if they want any drinks. Garibaldi asks for coffee, but the maitre d' misunderstands and thinks he wants coffee for dessert, and asks again does he want anything to drink. Michael gets annoyed, asks for a damn coffee. He tells Lise he doesn't want to have this conversation, he just wants a pleasant time. When he drinks the coffee, he said it was the worst cup of coffee he's he's ever had and goes to find the maitre d'. As soon as he is out of sight, he tops up the coffee with some alcohol. The maitre d' spots this and says next time he asks for coffee, he will bring the special coffee. Sheridan and Delaine get a message from White Star 27. Three other White Stars have been searching for Lanier, but have found nothing. Even with meditation, Lanier must have run out of air by now. Of course, Lanier is still just about alive and gives instructions to put his ship into full stealth mode, so he is not detected by a passing ship. He attaches... his ship to the passing ship and drills a hole into the hull so he can refresh his air. Just then a jump point forms and he appears next to a fleet of huge ships. Dylan can't sleep worrying about Lanier and Sheridan tries to appease her, but she refuses to believe he is dead even though it has been three days. She won't believe he's dead until she sees a body. Veer has a message for Londo. It's from the homeworld. What? What is it? Malare. Our sources on the Drazi homeworld and elsewhere have led us to conclude that Sheridan's people are attempting to blame us for the recent attacks on Alliance shipping lanes. What? We believe they are even willing to fabricate evidence to that effect. No, I don't
3: believe it. I know Sheridan. He would never do that.
2: But that cannot be said for others. Remember, the Narns are also members of the Alliance, and they have access to many of the ships and weapons we left behind on their homeworld. They must do everything they can to stop them being blamed for the attacks. More than enough to fool others into believing we were involved. You're saying Shakar? No. But many of his people consider him too close to us and have not informed them of their intentions. You must do everything you can to stop them from blaming our people for these attacks. If they attempt to move against us, we will fight back. This could be the first step towards war. Chikar has called Lita to his quarters. His government has agreed to her terms. They also want her to spy on the other ambassadors. Lita declines, as she still has a little bit of decency in her. As she goes to leave, Jakar stops her and says there was no requirement to spy on the ambassador and he was testing her to make sure that she was trustworthy. They have a deal after all. The ship that Lanier is attached to jumps through another jump point and attacks ships in the shipping lanes, which are all destroyed. Please, remember, please We've done nothing! Take whatever you want, but please, we've got children on board! Don't you understand? We've got children on board! We... Lanier detaches his ship and enters the debris field, pretending to be debris. He sends out a distress call and saves a recording of the attack. Sheridan tells Delenn that they have found Linea and he is alive. Unsteady on his feet, but alive. As Delenn leaves Sheridan's office, she breaks down and is spotted by Malari. He asks, he asks her if she is okay. And she walks over to him and gives him a big hug. When he asks why... She says, "I will never have done that for as long as we. I've never done that for as long as we have known each other. and I don't think we'll get another chance to do it." Linnea is back on Babylon Five and is met by DeLynn and Sheridan. She will overlook him disobeying a direct order, and he hands the recording over to Sheridan. After Linnea has gone, Sheridan says, "All of these months gathering the evidence, he wants to throw the recording out of the nearest airlock. He cannot believe that the Centauri are behind the attacks after all." Delenn says they will gather the ambassadors together for a closed session to consider the evidence. Garibaldi joins the two of them. Sheridan says he has something to show Garibaldi, Jacquard, and Franklin. And they will need Garibaldi like they have never needed him before. Whilst Malari is talking to Franklin on the promenade, Fear interrupts their conversation with a very important message. He says to Londo that Sheridan and Delenn have called a council meeting for everybody except Malari. Malari says he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it at all. Michael returns to his quarters and tells Lise to leave immediately, as this time tomorrow they will be at war with the Centauri.
3: Not only should she go back to Mars, she should also listen to this promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. Hey, Joe. Hey, Tony.
5: Do you like ads about podcasts? You know it. How about ads about Doctor Who podcasts? Even better. Well, you're in luck, because this... Is an ad about a Doctor Who podcast.
2: Wow, I love it.
5: And you'll love us, the Watchathon of Rassilon, a podcast about Doctor Who. I'll buy twelve. Actually, it's free. I'll buy 13 then. Well, I
2: mean, that took a long time. There's a lot of notes there, because I think a lot happened. Mm. Yeah, there was that a lot
3: of plot. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Okay. And on to the trivia. <clears throat> there's no trivia this week what how about that wow that's
3: that's unusual
2: it is unusual so over to you sean are there any star trek connections
3: no there are no star trek connections (laughs) there's no trivia and no star trek connections
4: wow well it's such a dense episode with so much happening there's no star trek there's no trivia wow Okay.
2: So let's move on to our ratings. Um we rate each episode we watch out of 5 Jump Gates because Pablo five and Jump Gates. And IMDb uh, they score out of 10 and they have given this an 8 which obviously is a 4 on our scale. Uh Sean how do you rate this episode?
3: Uh yeah I'm pretty well in line with uh, with IMDb. It's uh, it's a decent episode after what we've uh, experienced. It's it's not uh stellar or spectacular or anything, but we get a lot of the uh, linear stuff which we've been lacking the last few seasons, so that was nice uh, I'm kind of tired of the whole uh, drunk again Uncle Mike thing, because <laughs> we're just recycling plot points and I'm kind of over it um, the, the Lita the Jacar stuff that's kind of cool uh, I'm going to give it uh,
2: 3.95 Okay
4: Dan, what did you give this? Uh, yeah again like I said in the sort of the intro bit I, when you read the the little blurb on IMDB and I was trying to just prep myself before watching the episode you think it's just going to be a, another in, you know story about Garibaldi's alcoholism you know we're bringing back lease so we're going to deal with that and then we're not really going to get any of the galactic problems and you know we're gonna have to wait another week to figure out who's attacking the shipping but no it's everything. They they squashed it all together and made a really good Babylon Five episode. You had a bit of heroics from Lanier. You had the jeopardy of whether he's actually going to make it back. You know the smart way of just drilling into the ship above him and get the the air back whilst he's watching. Admittedly, why did no one notice? There's a giant Mumbari shuttle underneath this entire. <laughs> I wondered browser? the same thing.
2: Or, or a great big drill <laughs> poking through somebody's door or something.
3: <laughs> like if that but was that's... the if that was the Enterprise, they would have detected that right away
4: yeah like in the one of the the title sequences was like a famous image of lando's reflection looking out a mirror so we know there's like huge windows on these ships no one was staring out at that exact moment uh, when the implicating evidence was coming out although you could argue someone is trying to stitch up the centauri someone's trying to frame the centauri like it's kind of there's so much overwhelming evidence that it's all pointing to them i'm really surprised our heroes aren't sort of saying well, hang on a minute this really does smell too much like it's a too good a thing it's all being handed to us that actually the centauri did make kind of a good point that well we left a load of ships on naan like anyone could pick up those ships all we have done is prove that centauri ships were used in the attacks we don't know who was flying them um There's so much evidence that not one, not even Garibaldi, who is good at picking up on all these uh, conspiracy theories and things like that, hasn't quite put two and two together again. It's a bit frustrating that we know the characters are a little bit more intelligent than this. But other than that, really enjoyed it. It all came together and it builds on and comes into the next week's episode as like part two. Um, So I'm going to go for a 3.9 out of five. Oh, okay. Uh, it's gonna be really close. Um
2: yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode. Uh I enjoyed it for the same reasons that you guys did. I think there's a there's a nice, nice it follows the story. It calls back with um Shikara and Lita. It calls back to the early episodes where the the proposition was made that you know, have sex with us, we'll you know, so we can get your DNA and we'll provide our own uh, you know and then she said no, not not with the sex, but you know, you can have the DNA. <laughs> I'll give you a swab. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so that was good. I like that, and the fact that they then take that on—that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a huge step. You know, for the for the naan. Um. So I, I, you know, I like that bit, and I, again, the drunk bits with uh, with Garibaldi, are, yeah, are not good. Um. I'd like to see. I I would have. Pre- I mean, having said that i'm not trying to dismiss alcoholism in any way because it is a Mm. tough thing to battle and he's a pretty stressful job at best of times so i mean you know fair play they are showing it but i think it could be slightly better than this is too stereotypical for my liking yeah um it might have maybe nowadays it would be done a little bit more differently but um back then it's easy just to have him singing show me the way to go home and all that rubbish (laughs) so um yeah those bits are not good but um Again, you want to see Garibaldi come back. You want to see the old Garibaldi. You want to see him rise out of this depression to show that it can be done. You know, you, you, you're an alcoholic for life. You're not. This isn't just a little thing you go through. So, yeah, he's beaten this one. Let's beat this one. Let's beat this one. Let, let's, you know, have him as a good guy that we like, not somebody who fades away at the end of the series. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's it's a really good episode. The bit where he where Lanier drills into the um, ship. Lucky that he didn't drill it straight into the toilet block. <laughs> and he takes his first breath of fresh air and goes, Oh, gee, what the hell? Don't light a match. <laughs> so that was the a...
4: outtakes. That was the scene before. It's like, I got the wrong ones and he moves forward a bit.
2: Yeah. So I thought, yeah, that could have been, or even just, you know, drilled <laughs> into somewhere and it's stale air. You know, I mean, it could be anything that mm-hmm. you breathe. Or it might even be, well, it might be, been... of course, it was the Centauri, but let's say it was somebody framing the Centauri who didn't breathe oxygen, you know, like, like maybe yeah. the, the insect guy from, you know, the early episodes. So um, yeah, I but yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good. It was a good episode. It was better than average. Uh, wasn't a classic, but I you know mm. it, it, I wouldn't skip it in a rewatch certainly. Uh, so I'm going to give this a four, a solid four, just like mm. IMDb. Um, I think they got they got this one right. So we're not all too far apart. You know, we're only 0.05 point zero five apart from uh, each other. So yeah, that's a pretty good episode. Mm. But finally. In in, in in season, yeah, in season uh, five. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> so, okay, uh, that is the end of this episode. Join us again next week when we'll be discussing season five, episode 16, and all my dreams torn asunder.
0: Oh, and you mentioned wondering what my pleasure threshold is. I just recently found out I don't have one. Have a very, very nice day, Shikar.
2: If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com? That's three spelled T H R E E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Search for the Epsilon 3.
0: Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the T Public store